Green with the holy words, peace. Peace be multiplied. JK, you made me tired looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was working it. Yeah. And then these, these flowers are just beautiful. Who does that? You do that? You're making me look good up here. I appreciate it. We like when people are successful in this church, and we understand the word ministry here. And most, uh, and I've always been a teacher of ministry is not, in the African-American church, we got it confused. We say a minister, ministry is in the pulpit. That's a preacher. Or he's not in the pulpit. A pastor ought to be in the pulpit, and a preacher comes in every now and then and helps him. But there are people in this church that have great ministries, and, and they've done a lot of good things for a lot of good people. And uh, uh, we like to see them be awarded for that. Amen. So, try to get through this real quick. You kind of put me on the spot, but uh, <laughs> my wife, as you may know, honey, stand, does tireless, tireless efforts for the Dream Factory of Kansas City as the president, and it is a thankless job. It's 100% volunteer. It's not what she does for her real job, but it is what God has her doing for the city, for these kids that are struggling with illness, that get a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to join a family and then get that for the rest of their life if they deserve, to get these dreams at a time in their life when they are sick and struggling and battling. And what she does for these kids and the organization is amazing. And on Friday night, we had the opportunity that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. She got honored at the Royals game in the Buck O'Neill legacy seat for the game. So if you didn't catch it on TV, you can see it, but she, is, she deserves it. She deserves it. I'm so proud. So proud of you. That's what we, that's what I'm talking about here. And, uh, we're proud. Of, I tell people all the time, we're the biggest little church in Kansas City. That's right. We have a lot of people in here for doing a lot of good things. Yes. Now, uh, this is, as a track coach, what you learn to do as a track coach, you have to, and uh, some of these other coaches will tell you, you have to sometimes tell people, we need to begin again. That's right. Yeah, we're not in the English class here, so I'm using it like to say, okay? You need and you can begin again. That's right. And uh, what, what happens is too many times in, uh, people quit the first time. And there's nobody there to encourage them to begin again. Right. We want to talk about this this morning. Uh, every one of us in here, everybody in here, including me, we need to begin again someplace in our life. That's right. It, it, it can be in your marriage. It's gotten stale. Teach. You need to begin again and get that fire back that once was there. Because when you begin again, sometimes it meant you had it before. Sometimes it's a family. There's things in family where there's been chaos and confusion in families, and most of us understand what that's about. But that thing can hurt you, so you have to begin again. And when you begin again, you have to begin fresh. And uh, I want to make sure we everybody's comfortable in here, okay? So we went to marriage, right? And we went to family. It could be your job. You might have to be 
do something yet to begin again, all right? Financially, that you haven't handled your money right, your finances not Teach. right. You need to sit down and begin again. There's nothing wrong with it. And these people that will tell you in recovery, we call it, we all are, but those that are brave enough to say that they are in recovery, all right, they tell you there's many times in recovery that you're going to have to begin again until you get to that point, right? Sister Gwen and I are be beginning, we're going to begin again starting Monday. We've already started on our diet. We was on a good diet, and she's got me on another one. I'll probably turn green. <laughs> but, but we had to begin again to get, get healthier, and, and we already are healthier. We're going to start also Monday about getting back exercising. We're going to begin again, get back into our exercises because some things have been going on that's held us back. So we got to begin again. Every one of you in here, there's some place in your life you need to begin again. That's right. Amen. You see, what hurts Christian people is when you think you've arrived. There's some part in your life that you need to work on, you see. And it's big time. We'll start again because there's some families in here, married folk in here. If you don't begin again, that thing's going to get so stale that you can't get it back. That's right. That's right. You see, so you got to get, get it done. You got to say when, when something's wrong, sometimes you have to sit down and say, look, you know, let's talk. Where do we need to start over again so we can begin again? Do y'all make, am I making sense to you? You see, all right, in families, and families are the worst at it. Sometimes a lot of us have uh, uh, too much of the first group. See, and we got to tell ourselves, no, I was raised like this, but I'm going to begin again because I'm not going to live like that. That's right. That's right. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emo uh, emotionally, I'm not going to live like that. So this is, and this is everybody. So if you're sitting in here and don't think this is a message for you, you're lying to yourself and the devil's lying to you. That's right. You see, and probably in here, y'all love me, don't you? There's somebody would like to tell you that, but if they tell you that, you'd want to chew their head off. And men are the worst at it. That's why a lot of women carry things, you know, because they want to talk, but they don't want to be lectured. Go ahead and say Amen. Amen. You see, women help me out. You know the men going to coward out. You see, can I go to the street? They going to punk out on me. You know how that go. You see, so we, yeah. So that's why a lot, yes, a lot of relationships, you know, you know, you can go to sleep and not rest. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You can be married and not in love. That's right. Because that fire went out. So am I doing all right? And so that's what we do over here. So as a Christian or as a man of God, sometimes I have to begin again. And uh, there, is a, there is a church called the Potter's House, the great TV, T.D. Jakes has. And that makes a whole lot of sense. Every church ought to be the Potter's House, really. Right. You see, right. and so there is a message that I like to talk to you about this morning from Jeremiah 18, 1 and 10, because sometimes we got to go back and get it fixed. That's right. 
right. You see, you understand what I'm talking about? I'm going to use it as a parable because we all know he's talking to the children of Israel, but I'm going to use it as a parable for us as individuals. Here we go. And I love it how it is that uh, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. The Lord is talking to Jeremiah because sometimes we don't get it. All right. And so the, uh, uh, the, the Lord talks to us in parables. That's right. That's right. You see, because we can understand a parable better. So God is using a parable because Jeremiah wasn't quite understanding what he needed to do to tell the people and how to preach to the people of where they at and where they need to become to. And he tells him to do something here. That's right. He says, you can't see it. You don't understand it, so I want you to go take a look at something. Here we go. First thing he said is, go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. And he said to them, he said to them, you see, I'm using it as a parable, say parable. parable. And some of you parable said uh, to them, you need to go to Christ Temple North and I'm going to give you a message. That's right. You get up Sunday morning, go to Christ Temple North and I'll give you a message. Or, uh, or those that are live streaming, turn it on and I'll give you a message. Are you with me? Because so see, sometimes the preacher don't get it right. He needs the Lord to tell him, to show him a way that he can interpret it so the people will understand it. That's right, that's right. But he first of all has to understand it himself. That's why I tried to tell you all that Sister Gwen and I are, are yeah, we're beginning again in some areas of our life. And it's been 53 years that we've been together and if we can begin again, some of you ain't even 53. You see, we've been married 53 years and there's been a lot of beginnings again. That's right. You see, and if you want to stay married 53 years, you better get that because there's going to be a whole lot of beginnings again, right? If you're in a family and you ought to have children and kids and all this, you're going to have to understand that. And then guess what? You, you, I'll just do it this way. You really think life's good and you begin again and you, and, and you get married, then you begin again. That's right. You're dating, now you get married, you begin again. And man, you got that thing down in marriage, right? And then you have children a child, then you do what? Begin again. again. And then maybe another child. And guess what? Begin, Begin again. again. And I'm gonna stop at two, all right? <laughs> and then after you get that far, all right, and you just got, you just got, and they grow up and they become teenagers. What are you gonna have to do? Begin again. Because you can't raise a teenager the same way, right? And then, you, you know, they graduate from high school and you hope some graduate from high school and some go to college and you just feel good. You got that emptiness syndrome. That's the lie they tell you, right? Then you become a, grand, a grandparent. And guess what? You begin again. So there's going to be a whole lot of them. And some of you all know it. You're babysitting and doing things. And you see, you know, uh, I used to go to concerts for Isaac when he was singing and and Marco, of course, was the app running. You go to all those things, you see. And man, we thought that was over. Guess where I was at in the heat yesterday? My grandson's in here from Texas. They have a tournament down, a baseball tournament. And guess who was there? Me. It's never over. That's right. That's right. You better begin again. Okay? So here's what he's telling them. The preacher didn't know how to do it. He said, go down to Potter's house you'll get a message down there, all right? So I went down to the potter's house 
and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Yeah, and he was really working on it, but it was marred in his hands. And what happened? So the potter formed it into another pot. So he, the first pot didn't work like it did. So he had to do what? Make a new pot. He had to make a new pot. So sometimes, you know, God wants us to be a new somebody. He wants us, you see, here I am, one. It was God that moored me into this one. Because, you know, there's Pastor Fields. Y'all call me Pastor Fields? But that dude, Johnny, was a different person than this dude. That's right. You see? You see, God had to say, uh, uh, you, I need to redo this dude. You know what I'm talking about? That's right. All right. But here's the key. It said, shaping it as seen best to him. Now, God's shaping it to seem best for, to him. God wants to shape you best for him. That's right. He wants to take you and mold you into what pleases him. That's right. And the problem is, folks, some folks don't want to go down, they don't want the potter to put to get in their life. But see, it was clay. Thank God that he molded me to be the man that pleased him. Right. And once he done that, then you can be gentleman. Then you can be the husband, father, grandfather that pleases him. Teach. Teach. Amen. You see? That's right. Can I say it? Say it. You ain't fixed. That's right. All right. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does? Remember, I'm using this as a parable. Can I not do with you, Christ Temple North, as the potter does? You're sitting in here. There's a message for you. You know that there's some place in your life that needs some work. He's, the message this morning, he said, can I not do that for you? So I can do that for you. See, the problem is most people don't, well, you don't know. I don't need to know. You don't need to know. You're putting your life in his hands. That's right. He'll fix it that pleases him. You see, many of you in here, women, you're the worst at it. You have lived your life trying to please somebody else's. We don't do that in here. That's right. We want God to mold us to please him. That's right. Gentlemen, we want, we want to mold God to mold us to please him. That's right, amen. And then when you are done, when you are molded to please God, then you're not insecure about what other people think about you That's because right. if God is pleased with what he's done with your life, then you're pleased with what you've done with your life and you don't care what somebody else thinks. That's right, that's right, amen. <clears throat> are you with me? He says, like clay in the hand of the potter, yeah. so are you in my hand, yeah, see, Simple North. But he's, oh. we, yes, that's good. He said, in whose hands? His. Your mother's? His. Your father's? God's. Coach? God's. His hands. That's right. You see? The place you work? No. It's his hands. All right? If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed. And I'm saying as an individual, you know, God gets sick and tired of us sometimes. Y'all do know that. That's right. He does. Yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a uh, scripture in Romans, what do you call it? Turn you over to what? Reprobated mind. That means I'm tired of you. Right? 
He says, if that nation I warned rep repents of its evil. But we're going to repent of the evil that we have ever done. And sometimes an evil is, we always think drugs, sex, and alcohol. But there are other evils that we've done. You see, selfishness, backbiting, undermining, lying, gossiping, self-pride. You know that those are sins. All right, here we go. He says, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. He said, then I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change my mind for you. I'm glad he changed his mind. I'm glad he changed his mind. Amen. Yeah, some of us in there know we were hell bound. We're glad we got a second chance. Amen. Yeah, we're glad he changed his mind. He said, okay, since you have repented and given your life and you put your life in my hands, I'll mold you for my purpose. And then Johnny becomes Pastor Fields. You see? Yeah, that's how it works. Then Bob becomes husband, father, grandfather. You see? Not the baby's daddy. That's right. You all look like you were getting bored, so I thought I'd throw something else in there. <laughs> then he says in verse 9, And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted... And if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. I don't want God to be thinking, you know, this is what I had for him. Right. You need to hear me. Come on. Amen. Are you allowing God to get everything out of you that he wants out of you? Teach. Are you allowing God to get everything out of you that he wants out of you? Teach us, Pastor. That's right. You need to think about that everything that God has for you. Amen. I want God to get everything out of me that he wants out of me. And guess what I notice in me is what he put in me. Yes. That's, right. Amen. That's right. Whatever he's given me, I want him to give out. That's why we were applauding for that young lady just a few minutes ago. Amen. He got a job, then got a ministry. That's right. Nobody applauded her for a job. We could care less where she works. We applauded her ministry. Her job's not gonna get her into heaven but pleasing God, ministry will. That's right. That's right. There's a whole bunch of successful people going to hell. That's right. Y'all do know that. But you please God and God smiles at you when you use what he's put in you to serve him. And you serve him by serving others. That's right. That's right. The question is, men, let's just talk because y'all got big shoulders. Have them in here. Is God pleased at how you treat your wife? Well. Your children? Your employee or employer? Your church? Is he pleased with that? Ladies, God pleased with you? As a wife? Mother? Grandmother? Is he pleased with you? those that are not in that institution. Is God pleased with you where you are at right now and what you're doing? Is he pleased with you? That's who you, I'm gonna tell you, when 
he's pleased with you, it, it, something just goes inside you that makes you feel good right. about feeling good. I had a great moment just a few minutes ago, an incredible moment. I've had two. This, this, is, this is Pastor's day. I mean, he just felt good. Brother Trevor laid that out, didn't he? He had no clue what I was going to talk about. He talking about restoration, but did, what he talking about? It? He had no clue. Pastor just used another word. God wants to restore you back into his likeness and not man's likeness. So I was proud because that nine-year-old grew up and was standing there and found a role model in me. That's got to make you proud. And that's right. Not a track coach. Wouldn't have happened. You see? I was proud when uh, my brother was out there talking about his wife. I said, we're going to talk about that. He said, when? I said, in a few minutes. <laughs> I said, no. You know what it makes me? I'm a proud that I'm a pastor. That's right. That, that God put her in this church. You see? And many others. That's what this whole thing's about. If he can restore Israel back, he can restore Christ's temple back because we need to get it together because all That's of right. us ain't got it together yet. That's right. And That's we right. need some persons in our life that we need to begin again. All right. Now I'm going to read verse 6 and 7 from The Voice, and it says, O people of Israel. O people of Christ Temple North. Can I not do the same to you as this potter has done? You just heard the lesson. He can do it. We're talking individuals up in here. He can do the same thing to you. What people have done, some of you all have been damaged. Yeah, you have. You've been damaged by family members, damaged by people. God is saying, you come to me, and I'll mold you. And I'll fix it. And you won't have that damage anymore. That's right. Because I'll purify you from all that negative stuff. That's what he told me to tell you this morning. That's right. Because some of you are struggling. Or he wouldn't have me doing the message. That's right. Ain't no one somebody. All of us somewhere need some work. And guess what? He's the worker. That's right. And as a song I said, he'll work it out. And sometimes you have to work it out of us. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. All right. Here we go. He went on to say, you are like clay in my hands. Thank you, God. I will mold you as I see fit. I want to be clay in God's hands. And I want him to mold me as I see fit. Repeat after me. I am clay. I am clay. In my God's hands. In my God's hands. He will mold me. And he will mold me. As he sees fit. As he sees fit. I will never again. I will never again. Allow anybody. Allow anybody. Anything. Anything. Any force. Any force. With Satan and his lion imps. With Satan and his lion imps. To intimidate me ever again. To intimidate me ever again. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And he's molded me. And he's molding me. Into the way he would have me be. Into what he would have me be. And therefore he looks at me and smiles. Therefore, he looks at me and smiles. That's how you do it. That's how you That's do right. it. That's how you do it. You see? If somebody, don't be feeling, well, this is your last minute to ever feel bad about yourself. Ever. Amen. He, he's fixing it today. You walk out of this church, a new somebody up in here. You see? I have no clue. Got you. Verse 7. Okay. He, said, he went on to say, if I declare that I'm going to uproot, stamp out, or destroy a nation or kingdom because of its wicked ways, and then that same nation I warned turns away from its evil. I'm going to turn away from my past. 
and the evil that's in my past. Look at me, look at my mouth. From the evil that's in my past, the evil that's been done to me, and the evil that I've done to others. I'm turning away from that. I'm, giving, I'm turning away from that today. I'm turning away from that. All right? The scripture says, then I will change my plans. In my compassion, I will not destroy you. And God has compassion for you this morning. I know somebody's hurting in here. God's got compassion, and ain't nothing like God's compassion because it turns on his spirit of love. Yes. Amen. And he'll fix it. That's right. Yes, he'll fix it. All right. Now, again, from the message, because, again, we're going to begin again. Okay. He said, at any moment, I may decide to pull up a people or a country by the roots and get rid of them. He looked at me one time. He said, you know, I need to do something with him. That's right. See, some of us are bold enough in here to say that we were agents of Satan. Some of us are bold enough to do that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, some of us, yes, we can. Some of us, old, and you know, he was looking at us like, I need to do something. That's right. All right, here we go. He said, but if they repent of their wicked lives. What? But if they repent of their wicked lives. I will think twice and start over with them. And he'll think twice and start all over with them. That's right. Some folks need to be what? Begin again. Begin again. You can do that today. This is like opening the doors of the church, as they usually call it. That's right. You can do that today. Yeah, you can. And you're in good company because none of us in here are fixed. There's some place in here that we need some work. That's right. But we're going to walk out of here being worked on and let God have it. The old folks say, let go and let God. Y'all remember that? Y'all old folks know what I'm talking about in here. Don't get silent. All right. Now we can go on down to Mark chapter 8. Ah, yes. Now listen to me. I'm trying to get you to understand that it's okay to begin again. Now, most people are going to say, well, Pastor, that was the Old Testament. Well, God's still the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. That's right. But let's see if we can find where somebody had to have a double touch. That's right. In the New on. Testament, that some of us were so blind Come on. that we were so blind, one touch wouldn't cut it. That's right. All right, so let's see if that ever happened because somebody's sitting in here saying to me, but you don't know how blind I am. Mm. I don't need to know how blind you are. And somebody's sitting here, but well, Pat, you can be saved and still be struggling. That's right. Yeah, so we want to see. Remember that song, I Can See Clearly Now What? Rain is gone. I Can See What? Y'all know the song. We're going to start singing. All right. Here we go. Again, I'm reading Mark chapter 8, beginning with verse 22. And when you don't see clearly, you can't see clearly as a man or as a woman, then you're going to be able to see clearly as a husband or a wife or a mother or a father or an employee or a family member. When you don't see clearly, you can't see. And you're going to get in financial problems, physical problems, mental problems, and emotional problems. That's right. That's right. So we want to see clear over here. Everything that we do, we want to make sure we're seeing it the right way and we see it clearly. Okay? So when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. 
Yeah. Begging him to touch him and heal him. This guy was blind. And you, they brought him to Jesus. You know, Jesus. And where else would you go? But to the Lord. They brought him to Jesus. Jesus, this, this is a blind man. He can't see. It's like sometimes that uh, we have to do this spiritually. Jesus, this is one of my brothers. This is my sister who is spiritually blind. And they can't see clearly. Okay. It said, so Jesus led him as his sighted guide outside the village. And Jesus said, okay. Here we go. He placed his saliva on the man's eyes and covered them with his hands. Jesus said, okay, this is nothing. I've been doing healing all this time. He's given us a lesson here. Put the saliva on the man's eyes. And what happened? Then he asked him, now do you see anything? He asked his hand. Jesus had touched him. And Jesus said, hey, now do you see anything? Now that's some of us in here. If you've been this guy, what's getting ready to happen, some of us been this guy. That's right. Okay? Jesus touched us. That's all he touched me? <laughs> yeah. But some of us get a touch, but we ain't fixed. That's right. That's right. Okay. He said, yes, he said, my sight is coming back. I'm beginning to see people, but they look like trees, Whoa. walking trees. Wait a minute. Jesus touched him, and he said, but I see people looking like trees. What did Jesus do? Did he give him a second touch? You're sitting in here. That's right. That's right. You're sitting in here. You need another touch. Let's see if he does it. Does he leave you partially blind? Let's see what he does. Bible says in verse 25, Jesus put his hands over the man's eyes a second time. Say that again. Jesus put his hands over the man's eyes a second time. Some of us in here need, well, I'm past it. He, didn't, he had to put his hand on me more than two, but he, we got it done. Right. This is the thing. Right. But uh, somebody in here needs another touch. That's right. Today. Jesus is not through with you. He wants to touch you again. All right. Then Jesus made him look up. The man opened his eyes wide and he could see everything perfectly. The second time, he could see it right. Some people in here need a second touch because you're seeing things foggy. That's right. You're not seeing things clear. Your prayer ought to be, Lord, touch me. Give me a second touch that I might see clearly. That's right. That's right. You see, I'm talking family today, you know? He give you that second touch. Your wife will look different to you. Your husband will look different to you. Your children will look different to you. The family will look different to you. You need that touch. You'll see yourself different. The Bible says his eyesight was completely restored. I got to get crazy in a minute. Let's do it. Let's do it. Can you imagine being blind and if it was me being blind and, well, Jesus touched me the first time and I couldn't see clearly and he touched me the second time I could see clear. You know what the next thing I'd want to do? Say what, Pastor? Tell everybody. Find me a mirror. That's right. (laughs) Thank you. See that new somebody. Yeah, I want to see that brother. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You see, oh yes, I I couldn't wait. Y'all get away. Where you going? I'm on a mirror. 
I want to see now the man God has created. See, now the woman God has created. You see? So you need a second touch. Don't be afraid of that. That's right. God touch me again. Because right. I see, but I don't see clearly. Mm-hmm. He'll do it. That's why it's in here. Yes. Right. All right? But in verse 26, Jesus sent him home with these instructions. <laughs> he said, go home, but don't tell anyone what happened, not even the people of your own he said, village. He said, go home. You ain't got to tell nobody nothing. Ask me why. They're going to see you sin. They're going to see you. You see? This was a short message, but I feel good about this message. I got it. I'm going to read this. And now that I've had the second touch, or now that I've went to the potter's house and got the message, now that I'm in Christ, and therefore, if anyone is in Christ. He's a new creature. Yeah. I'm a new creature. All, right. All things have come new now. Uh-huh. Old things are gone. Yeah. And the newness is here. That's right. That's right. I'm going to pray for you and pray yourself. I promise you, if you listen and you pray with me, wherever you need, mm-hmm. wherever it's at in your life, God will do yeah. what he needs to do to bring you back to where he wants you to be. He'll change your life Mm -hmm. to a God-pleasing life and not a man-pleasing life. And when I mean man, I mean humanity. Are you willing to do that? You want to stand and do that? But you have to to come to the point. Do you know what most people do? what they come to there and they want God just to work on portions. You gotta surrender all. You gotta surrender all. This is your day to surrender all. This is your day to surrender all. This is your day to surrender all. And guess what? When you surrender everything to him, he'll give you a second touch and you'll see clearly never have to have a third touch if you do it right here today. I guarantee if you do it here today. If you've been doing some things and you're all out of order, he will mold you to the point in your life that pleases him. Now you got to pray your own prayer. I'm just praying with you. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we're going by the word today. We want to be a new creation. We want old things to pass away and all things to become new. And so we need our spiritual eye to be healed of all the adverse forces, demonic forces, satanic activity, or yesterday, the way people abused us, the way people used us, gone today. We are a new creature. The pain that was in that old person is not going to be in this new person. That pain of guilt and shame and anger is gone right now in the name of Jesus. And we are new creatures in Christ. And we surrendered it all and now we praise you. We walk in joy. We walk in the spirit of joy. We worship you. We're so grateful that we're going to walk out of this church new creatures in Christ. All of the old has passed away and everything has become new. We're going to get our finances together, our physical together, our mental together, 
our emotional together in every area of our life and the rest of our bodies. You take a moment for you to talk to God for yourself.